remember watching the highlights of, of a Manchester derby. It's only kicking off in the half stand. And from the age of 10, I just looked at it and thought, I want to be in there. <laughs> just the excitement and yeah. the madness. Yeah. Straight away, this is where I fit in. Yeah. You know, I just felt like I belonged. I was, I've just become sort of like I went on a violent spree and bang at it out of football. But just, I was getting money from any way sort of like necessary then, do you know what I mean? Calling all favours and doing favours that I probably really shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. So you just at it? Sometimes I just felt like I just pressed that self-destruct button. Nothing, nothing mattered. It was just like just a downward spiral, and that was like over and over and over again. Did you ever think about taking my life? I didn't want to die. I just wanted that pain to stop right there. Yeah. I could have never dreamt where I am now. I always look back and think that's just because you carried on fighting, carried on fighting for another day. Yeah. If there's anyone out there listening to this who's going through the same thing, you've got any one bit of advice for them? Welcome to the Eventful Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sports and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, where we've now had over 80 million views. Anthony Pathian is known for his prowess in the ring and his fierce loyalty to his football firm in the 90s and in the noughties. He talks us through the ups and downs of working alongside some of England's toughest hooligans, overcoming his demons and becoming a professional boxer at the age of 37. This is the eventful life of Mr. Anthony Pathian. Very curious about you, very curious, looking forward. Anyway, let's roll back. Uh, where did you grow up and how did you become one of Man City's top boys? Well, born in uh, Manchester, a place called Ancoats, which was um, only a mile out of the city centre, rough, rough, rough area, tough area. Um, born with my mum and dad, they split when I was um, I was a young age. You know, they both younger self, teenagers. Um, and one thing led to another. Uh, my mum sort of um, drifted a little bit, drink. Um, my dad was met another partner. My mum did. Um, found myself living with my grandparents back in Ancoats. Um, we moved to nearby Mars Platin when it was about two or three. Mm. Um, so you so you moved into your nan and granddad's house at the age of two, did you? Age of two, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. And that's because your old your mum was on was boozing. Um, well, or? we never really got to the bottom of okay. it as to why. Yeah. Um, she, I know she was in an accident, in a car accident. Yeah. Um, so I went with my nana. Yeah. Um, but one thing led to another. By the age of seven, I was adopted by my nana. And I okay. stayed there, stayed there throughout my childhood. Then, quality. Um, so, so yeah, Mars Platin was, um, as I say, just just near the city centre, big Manchester United area. I was it United area? It was it? A big Manchester, North Manchester. So what big, year? What roughly year are we talking here? Talking in the eighties area. Okay. So like I was born in eighty three, so we're talking okay. mid mid to late eighties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, growing up was a bit. It was a bit difficult. I was a bit. Um, I was a bit confused. I didn't know where I fitted in. Yeah. Obviously, being with my mum, yeah. you know, for the first few years, then living with my nana. Um, one of my nana's kids, my auntie, that was she was still at home. Um, so yeah, it was a bit difficult. I, you know, even though I was loved, you know what I mean. It yeah. was, I was I was loved by my nana and my granddad. Um, yeah. It was just something that I didn't know where to fit in, and that's probably. Um, materialised as well throughout, you know, my early years in school and what have you. Mm. Just felt a little bit like I was a bit odd, a bit yeah. different, didn't know where I fitted in. Yeah. Um, and was that, at school you didn't know where you fitted in? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, at a young age, sort of like definitely through primary school, I was always felt like a little bit odd, you know, a yeah. little bit like the odd one here and, you know, a little bit, probably a little bit of a weirdo, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so, um, so it was difficult. Um, and then, like I say, my auntie was that home with my nana. Um, at the time, she was seeing a, she was seeing a guy who was um, a big Man City fan um, from the other side of Manchester. Um, now, there was, something, there was something in me already. You know, I remember putting a pair of socks on. I was like, oh, these are City socks. Everyone was like, what are you doing about? City socks? You know what I mean? It was, everyone was a red. There was yeah. no City fans in the area at yeah. the time. Um, so this must have been like early 90s now. Talking like, yeah, early 90s. Yeah, OK, yeah. because everyone was Man United fan back then, wasn't it? Well, everyone, yeah. Half of was. London was Man United yeah, fans yeah, in the 90s, yeah, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and it, anyway, he said to me, he said, if you want to go to City one time, you know, I'll take you to City. Um, so obviously, like, you know, took me there. It was all Teddy Center. It was like the old Kipax. Um, I was age seven. City v Tottenham. Um, 
and like I was like wow yeah. it was like the airs on the back of my head stood up you know it was all like the surge forward the singing the togetherness yeah. and it was like straight away this is where I fit in yeah. you know I just felt like I belonged yeah. straight away you know everyone was together the singing the chanting um, and it was going back Gazza and Lineker was playing for Tottenham oh were they yeah he was playing for Tottenham at the time so it's, that's how long ago it was yeah, yeah. Um, and from that day onwards, I was I was Madman City, yeah. And what was it like living in Manchester in a in a United area, knowing you're wearing the the light blue? Uh, I stood out in that area, yeah. Um, but obviously going going to Main Road, my side, yeah. It was like um, it's like the opposite end of the city. This is yeah. South Manchester, you know. So this is another rough area. Tough, you know what I mean? Isn't it? Tough area, you know. What I mean, big big um, big gang sort of culture yeah. in the area and, and but that was a blue area all sort of like South Manchester, Levin Dume on site, they're all like South it's like like that was a city area. Yeah. Um so I was going down here, you know, felt yeah, this is it, this I belong here, you know, and it was like it's a different persona, it could be someone else. Yeah. You know, fitted in here, loved it, you know, loved the banter with the lads and, you know, everything the chanting mm. you know the, the banter with the away fans mm. and um, yeah it just something gripped me and it, something was lit inside I used me. to love going to Main Road yeah, yeah, as a West Ham away fan walking through the streets there because it's just tight isn't it walking yeah. through the streets and you come up a good feeling what yeah. was it like what was it like then going through so what sort of age you said right at seven I said right Man City the blue what sort of age were you going right I'm going every week meeting the boys down there and, uh, and getting tucked into whatever you were um, I'd say from about to be honest with you, this might sound a bit mad now. Yeah. From, from a, I remember watching the highlights of, of a Manchester derby, and I was about ten, yeah. and it's, it's only kicking off in the half stand. And from the age of ten, I just looked at it and I thought, I want to be in there. I wanted to be in there. Just the excitement and yeah. the madness. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I've, I'd say around about fourteen, fifteen, I started noticing who the lads was, and um, I know all the older lads sort of like try and get near them, singing together, yeah. and you want you want to dress like them and what yeah. have you, and you know you think. You, you, you know, at one age, at an age, I was sort of like looked at them as in, in awe, yeah. sort of like as if they were sort of like on par with the players. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it was a mad time. And when, when were the times you were going right? I feel safe at home, but it's different when you go away. Yeah, and well, you are feel safe when you're away because you got probably 300, 400 who are, I don't know how many, how many were Man City taking City, like hardcore. Yeah, I mean, with City, it could depend. Could you I mean, tell you what, 3,000 away in a home game, right? Yeah, we'd take 3,000 in a home game, yeah. But how many, yeah, how many when you were growing up and you were 17, 18, 19, you knew you could count on? Um, probably a small number, yeah. probably. Um, I'd say when I was in, sort of like in, in our group, when we was like the top lads, as you say, um, there was probably there was probably only 50 of us, yeah. I'd say, yeah. There was only 50 of us. And out of that fifth there, I'd probably say a good you know, 10. That was like, it was down to them, really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I'd say that was probably pretty similar with most of them, yeah. yeah. Is isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And what was the what was the movement for you then when you was like becoming an adult? Because you couldn't you couldn't be 16, 17, 18, 19 when you go. You know what? I'm actually filling out now. I can handle myself more. Was that was that the times when you knew that you wanted a piece of this every week? Yeah, um, sort of. Obviously, as I got in my teens, um, sort of come out my shell a bit, going to city and what have you, and started fighting a lot more. Um, and I just sort of thought, yeah, you know what, you know what, I can I can actually handle myself if yeah. I ever go here. And um, yeah, you just get a bit more confident about yourself. Um, and I, but I'd say it was more in my early twenties when um, I started really getting to the forefront of of City's group. Mm. Um, you know, you meet meet people now, and you you know becoming mates with them from all over Manchester. Um, and you sort of like develop your own, you know, your own sort of little little group, yeah. little network. Um, and yeah, so and like I say, the away games. Um, it was like excited, you know, you you was there, you were the boys and you know, you'd go and have a bike train or on a coach, you know what I mean? You wanted to park up out of the way and get out of the way and do your own thing and yeah. and it was just yeah, it was a buzz, you was on their manner, you know what I mean? You was on their manner walking about, you know, everyone's looking at you, you know what I mean? And it, yeah, it was a good buzz. And how did you feel when you're on someone else's manor when you've got a core of maybe three thousand gone up there, you could probably got hundred, hundred, two hundred lads around there, but you know you could count on fifty. Did you feel invincible? Yeah, def well, yeah. We, we, I mean, we knew it could go pear shape, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you just you just felt like no matter what, you was together. That was it. You know, if one was getting it, we're all getting it. Mm. Yeah. And what was the what was it for you going into other boozers, taking over other boozers? What was the? Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes we'd get down there, especially like if it was up up north, and we could get down there early do early doors. Um, give me an example. Give me an example of a club. Give me an example of a city, a club you went to. You know, you know what? We're gonna have a tasty day here. Um. <sighs> 
any of the London clubs really, Tottenham's always like at West Ham. That was another we all Upton used, Park. Upton Park, yeah, we loved it down there, yeah. Um you used to get abused. Was a booze call of Denmark, was it? Mm. Not not far, yeah, just off the mm. station there. Yeah, I remember going down there in a cup game. That was always a tasty day. Yeah. Um obviously uh, United up the road from us. And you know, both Liverpool clubs. Um, but like the Yorkshire clubs as well for us, there was always you know, your Leeds and Leeds, the South Yorkshire clubs, even, you know, like both Sheffields. Yeah. Barnsley, Barnsley was always up for was it. it? You know, Barnsley, yeah, Barnsley, was it? yeah. Them, you know, them, them South Yorkshire clubs, you know, yeah, like tough. the old, the old mining little towns and what have you. Yeah, had a few like with the South Yorkshire clubs, even really? like the small clubs. Yeah, yeah, like Scunthorpe and what have you. Obviously, when we was when we was down there, uh, like Scunthorpe and um, and Rotherham and what have you. Yeah, they was, they was, they was bang up for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mad isn't it? Because you just think those smaller clubs, but they're all game as well, aren't they? The smaller clubs, they've got a, a firm as well. Yeah, it's it's um, the, the rough towns, the yeah. rough towns and cities, and like. You always find like it's, it's wherever the clubs in a rough area. Yeah. Like they, they are, they, they, they're mad for it. The game, yeah. yeah. Games. And anything. what were you do? What were you doing in your daytime to earn money? Then what was your job in the daytime um, when you? I was. I was. I was. I used to work on the road, sort of. Um, you know, doing it, doing electrics and what have you for the street lighting. Um, and by the by the age of, I think it was about twenty, I started working as a doorman as well. Um, in Manchester nightlife. So, again, that brought a lot of um, a lot of attention. Yeah. And, um, I know a lot of trouble, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. So you're, you not feel like sometimes you're a sitting duck. Do people know like you're one of the top boys of Man City? Then you've got United fans turning up, or Leeds fans turn, or Liverpool fans turn up and clocking you. Well, no, do you know no. that it never, never really happened. It was sort of like it was, it was two separate, two separate worlds for me really. Yeah. Um, sort of like the door world was. I mean, don't get me wrong. You used to have the lads coming down. You used to have to sit lads a lot coming down. Yeah. Um, you used to let them in. You know what I mean? Let a few of the lads in. What have you? Um, but it was more um, sort of like you, you, sort of like the underworld. Mm. You know what I mean? That's so. So it was sort of like I had to be a bit switched on. You know what I mean? Away from the football. I mean, these days I'd, I'd have a full day at the football, come back half smashed, and have to get ready and go on the door. And it's like you know, you had to switch on. Yeah. Yeah, and what was that world like in Manchester? You're talking, you're talking probably like late nineties now, are we? Um, in the two thousands. Two thousands. Yeah, okay. sort of like um, early, early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what were you getting involved in around that time? Obviously, when you're working on doors, naughty people everywhere. Yeah. It brings you drugs. It brings you violence. It brings everything, women, etc. What was it like for you? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a mad world. Obviously, you know, I was. I was um, at, at this age. Just I'd filled out. You know, I was, I was about seventeen stone now. Um, you know, and training, and training, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, could look after myself. Yeah. Um, you know, my reputation at the football and what have you. Um, so as a doorman, like you say, you know, the phone goes and 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 you're called on into that world. Even yeah. though I wasn't really in that in that world. Yeah. Um, you end up getting you caught up, into yeah, it. Yeah. You, you know, you called on for a little bit of muscle. You know. Um, so yeah, it, I, I was called on sometimes yeah. to sort of like get involved in stuff. That was probably a little bit out of my league. Yeah, yeah. I bet it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example where you'd get called on. Um, so there could be a couple of, um, you know, a couple of gangs feuding and what have you, and, you know, one owes you other money. Um, and, you know, some of the people that we worked for was, you know, involved in that. We'd, we'd be called on, you know, yeah. to, to go and retrieve the debt. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'd have to go to someone's house, kick doors in or, you know, go and get a grip of somebody and and um and, and get the debt. Yeah. Get the debt, yeah. And yeah. did you find that a buzz? I'm not gonna lie, I did, yeah. yeah. So, so certain parts of it was like yeah, it was yeah. So someone saying to you, and little firm there, go and get um, go and get our money and I'm yeah. gonna give you that in an hour's work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how many years were you on the doors for? On and off, around about ten years. Yeah. And was it like up in Manchester with the gangs? Um, not as bad as it was in the nineties. Yeah. I know in the nineties there was um, there was quite a big a big war over the doors because obviously the money, yeah. you know, like the big clubs like the Hacienda and and um, there was gangs feuding yeah. for for control of the drugs and the doors as well. Yeah. Um, so that had died down a bit. Um, so I was just at the back end of it. Um, but there was obviously you know still different gangs from different areas. You know, they wanted to come and bowl in the club and yeah. sort of like let their authority be known. Yeah. Um, so it was like um, just sort of like trying to meet in the middle sort of thing. You know, mm. you got to let them have a little bit of their space and what have you, and yeah. let them, but well, obviously not not too far. Mm. Where like they're taking the piss sort mm. of thing. 
And what was the what was it like in the clubs up there at the time? You're saying Hacienda, that's one of the one of the best clubs in the in the country at the time, right? Yeah, well that that, that had already gone, that had been shut down that in the in the nineties and what okay. Yeah, yeah. So um when I first started going out it was like clubs like um Piccadilly twenty ones, yeah. um Royals, and there was a club called Sankeys as well, just up the road, mm. not far from where I was brought up, which ended up working on the door on as well. So mm. um so yeah, there was still like pretty pretty big nightclubs, probably not as not as it was in the nineties though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for you, were you using a lot of drugs at the time and boozing? Yeah, yeah. From um, like I say, I've already spoke about my mum. Um, boozing was um, rife within the family and drug taking. Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't realise the sort of addictive personality that I had, so I just sort of followed suit. But yeah, I was drinking from an early age, around about fourteen, going to the football. That's where it. That's where it come with the day at the football yeah. with boozing. So. You know, I'd finish school on a Friday, go out and have a, have a few with my mates in yeah. the park or whatever, um, straight back on it on the Saturday, a couple yeah. of cans going down to my side. Yeah. Yeah, thought nothing of it. And did that lead into doing a load of bugle over the years? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. you know, um, by this time, cocaine was big on the scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, football, football on the doors as well, you know, all the door members, that's it. You know, you find someone taking, you take it off them. And we would share it out. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, nearly every weekend it was, it was, it was bang at it, yeah. Mm. And how many years, how many years, what are you now, 37? 30, 39. 39. Yeah. So we're talking in your 20s now for yeah. a good, how many years were you going to the football and just getting on it and causing trouble and... Over 15 years. 15 years. Over 15 years, Home and yeah. away. Home and away, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, I've got a few bands as well in between. A good few? A good few banning orders as well in oh, between, really? okay. yeah. yeah. Do you remember your first banning order? Yeah, do yeah. Where was that? That was um, Bolton Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers. Oh, yeah. Would you get banned for that day? Um, I remember going to it. Was it was in the League Cup. We um, what, rough, what year were we talking here? Roughly? Talking here, two thousand and seven, maybe two thousand and eight. Okay. Um, it was an Halloween midweek game. Um, about fifty of us had met in Manchester early doors. It was only at the road Bolton anyway. So, but it was an Halloween. So. I think we all robbed a load of Halloween masks on the way up there, <laughs> um, just just to confuse the police. Yeah. So we've got to have to train. It's only a couple of stops. Got to train all in Halloween masks, walking around Bolton, and all looking for it. The police are all over us then. Um, but yeah, after the game, a bit of scuffling broke out here and there. Obviously got involved. Um, the police got involved. Bit of pushing and shoving. Um, and there was end up yeah arrested for assault, arrested for um, assault on the police as well. Said assaulted the police horse. Um, you hold on, hold on. You assaulted. How you assault a police horse? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, did, did, I think his head was that big. <laughs> yeah, got fucking big blinkers on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think they were charging me. I think I tried to you know push the horse or something. Yeah. Anyway, they, they, I think they dropped that in the end. But I got done for um, got done for assault. Um, got a three-year banning order. For that incident. For that incident, yeah. So when they give you a three-year ban order, what was it in court? Fine, and then your three years. And your three-year ban, yeah. Okay. What sort of fine was it? Do you remember? I can't remember. A couple of hundred quid or something. Quid, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when they say a three-year ban, or is that home and away? Every, everything. Every football ground in the country. So yeah. how do they know if you put a wig on and something else, whether you're in that game or not? Well, they, they, they don't really. It's, it's down to a football intelligence at like your club. Um, after my first ban, I wasn't really on the radar, so I was going. I was going here, there, you know. Um, I remember we had Stoke. Not long after in the uh, in an FA Cup game, got told he was coming, so we, we was out. I was out while I was banned. Um, I think we plotted up after the game on the estate. This is at the Etihad. Um, I come out and attacked him. Attacked, attacked their escort, and it was going on, on and off, fighting with each other all the way down to Manchester City Centre for about good 10-15 minutes, um, and that's while I was on the ban. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. yeah. So the ban is what was the actual ban? You're not allowed in the stadium. We're not allowed a couple of miles around the stadium. Not allowed within um, one mile of any football ground in England or Wales where Manchester City was playing. Wow. And and England as well. And England as well. And England as well. Yeah. And um, obviously any game abroad, I had to have my passport in. So so yeah, <laughs> it's um, more more of, more of a nuisance having to go and sign on every every time. There was, there was a, but at that time, I don't think City was in Europe or anything, no, so okay. it was just the England games, probably more of a Nars now, yeah. it, it, you know, when we played in Europe every other week. So where were you going? Were you travelling away for England games as well? No, no. Just I didn't really get, games? I just, yeah, I went to, I've only been to a few England games, wasn't really big on the England scene, just with, um, sort of, I remember 
Remember the game against Greece? Remember the game against mm. Greece in uh, at Old Trafford? Is that when Beckham Beckham top scored left, the free kick? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I remember being out for that one. I was only young and um, it was just going off everywhere with England fans like City was fighting Stoke, then he was fighting Oldham, and Derby was down and Preston, and then Everton was fighting United, and it was like wow, you know. <laughs> Do you just like I'll fight you just use it as Madness. a free for all to fight each other, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your what was your movements then? So we're talking like mid two thousands, coming to two thousand ten. How bad had your drinking drugs got at this point? It was bad from from the off really. Didn't you know uh, say from the off, what sort of age? In my late teens. Okay. Yeah, it was um, it was never just one night out. Yeah. It was never good enough. It was like the next day, you know, two, three days. And that's that was from an early age. Um but you don't really see mm. that it's... You're you in it. You're in it. Yeah. It's just, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. And I was enjoying it. Didn't really have, you know, any um, responsibilities. So it was it was just, um, just yeah, like the party life. That's how you see it. And that's how a lot of people see it, you know. Didn't really pick up on that. Yeah. You might have a problem. Yeah. And when was that point? Like, you're still living at your nan's house, right? Or you'd moved um, out? I'd moved out around about the age of 20, 21. Yeah. And your name was your world? She was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you know, took me in. and um, From the age of 2 the age to of 20? Two. Yeah. From, wow. Yeah, age of 2 to 20, yeah. Um, and even even after that, you know, I'd had relationship breaks down. I'd always end up back at my nana's. Back at your nana's. Back at my nana's, yeah. The bit, I was in the bedroom there. Even up, you know, up to the day what's, she passed. What's your nan's name? She's called Elizabeth, but Elizabeth. everyone called her better, yeah. Quality. Better, yeah. Quality. So when you had troubles outside of anything, your safety net was go back to your nan's house. She always had the bedroom there for me. Amazing. Yeah. What a woman. Yeah, definitely. Lovely. So when you were, where, where, where was the point where you, give me an example of how much cocaine you were using to, uh, at, at the most. At the most? Yeah. Um, God, you know, there was, there was some times that I'd be getting like, Quarters and half ounces and going through them in a, you know, a couple of days. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you were just at it? I was at it, yeah. It was like, sometimes it just felt like I'd just press that self-destruct button and it was just like, and it was nothing, nothing mattered. It was just like, just a, that, a downward spiral. And yeah. that was like over and over and over again, yeah. over the years, yeah. And what would that be? Would that be like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or would that be Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Most of the time, it would be like from a Friday to a Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as it as it got worse and worse, yeah. it didn't really matter what what day. It yeah. got, I could start on a Wednesday yeah. or a Tuesday. You know. So on a Tuesday, you celebrate something. You've had a good phone call. I'll go and get a two yeah, gram or something, or I'll get yeah, bang on it yeah. again. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. And it just lasts for days. Yeah. 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 When you were when you were going through this, were you going for a relationship with anyone? Did you have kids? What what was what was happening then? Yeah, um, I was in a relationship from. The age of seventeen up to sort of like my mid twenties, um, with a part my first partner, um, and I had a son with her. Yeah. Um, that that sort of like broke down when I was around about I think sort of like mid to late twenties, um, and then I've just sort of like bounced to and from relationships. Yeah. Ended up getting getting a girl pregnant, um, when so that was another sort of like downward spiral because it, you know she wasn't stable and. Yeah. You know, we had a daughter there that I didn't really see, didn't know where she was or anything like that. Mm. Um, so that was always at the back of my mind and just all these things bouncing about and always at the back of your mind. Mm. And when was the point where you're going, you know what, am I going mad? Did you ever lay in bed going, am I going mad right now? Loads of times. It, it, like I say, um, it lasted for years, the, you know, the, the using and drinking. It lasted for years. I was like drifting in and out sometimes. I thought I was in control. Other times it was like oh, it was out of control. Mm. Um, Two thousand and eight, my real mum, she passed away um, pretty suddenly, really, um, and that sent me off. That sent me off a bit. Um, so you say you, you, you say your real mum passed yeah. away in two thousand eight. Yeah. Had you had a relationship with your mum from two to that to that when she passed? Yeah. Um, I didn't really stay with her as much. You know, as much as say I went to stay to see, see my dad. Um, but we did have a relationship. It was it, it was rocky. She was um, the only way I can describe my mum was she was she was like a tortured soul. Um, I remember the phone calls I used to get off her, you know, crying her eyes out, drunk early hours in the morning, and she'd just be begging me for forgiveness. And I'd be like, you know, yeah. what? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. What you know? Where she was coming from? Mm. Um, and it's crazy because 
years later after she died and I found myself in a sort of similar position, yeah. I've just clicked, I thought, I, I get it now. I wish, yeah. you know, I wish we could go back and sort of like say, you know, you've got nothing to be sorry for, I get mm. it, I do get it now. Do you remember the day when she passed in 2008 and did you go on a bender? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the full weekend because um, it was my nana said, if you spoke to your mum, you better go and see her, I don't think she's well. Yeah. Um, she's like old school, nana, you know, when they had the... Um, sense. That sense yeah, about man. everything. She knew everything f before it happened. Yeah. So yeah, she went, go and see her. I remember going down, she lived, um, she lived in Old Trafford. Um, I remember going down, I remember just walking in and seeing her on the couch and just knew straight away mm. she was just she was just no life and she was just she was barely alive yeah remember I had to pick her up and take her to um to Manchester MRI and um took her in and straight away they just got her straight in mm. and that was on the Friday I got called back that Friday night um she got put in an induced coma by Sunday she was dead mm. just that quick mm. and that was that was the alcohol yeah and um, you know, for anybody normal, that'd be that'd be enough to make you stop. Yeah. No, no, it just made me go worse. Did it? Yeah. Just sort of like there was um, there was a lot of questions that you know I didn't get answered that I wanted answered. Probably a lot of bridges that needed to to be rebuilt and um, just obviously didn't get the chance. What would you have want answered? Just basically what you know, what what really happened? Um I never I never never really had a bottle to ask a question. Sort of like you just accept it, don't you? And you know, what really happened? Why why was I not why did I not live with my mum? You know, what what really went on? I don't know, I don't know. Mm. You know? And that's still un unanswered today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How's that feel? Um you know, pretty quite sad. Quite um so I like, so always there at the back of your mind, you know, what really went on. Something that you probably never know now. And where's your old man? Yeah, my old man, speak to me old man, you know, see him a lot. I was used to go and stay with my old man. Um, he's, um, he, my old man's a character. Yeah. He, he's a proper character. Um, probably got a lot of my traits from him. Mm. Yeah, he was, um, the old man likes to drink. Um, probably got it a bit more in control than, than what I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was in and out of boozers, causing trouble. Coming out, we come from a big family. There was there was five brothers, yeah. um, and it was all up the wall. Yeah, yeah. And they, he he was definitely probably probably the picking a bunch out of five. Yeah. So so <coughs> rolling on two thousand eight, did you find that you were boozing and taking more and more drugs after your mum's passing? Yeah, kind of it, me. Kind of it, me. Um, and then split with my partner as well. Mm. No job. Ended up back at bananas. Um, and then. Good old Betty. Good old Betty Good took old me Betty in. Taken again, brilliant. Take me in Love again, it. yeah. Love um, it. And then I found that I just I was I've just become sort of like I went on a violent spree then. Yeah. Bang at it out of football, yeah. but just I was getting money from anyway sort of like necessary then. Do you know what I mean? Calling all favors and doing favors that I probably really shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Um, Give me an example. Well, just going, you know, trying to get debts where, yeah. I, you know. I wasn't in I wasn't in that league to yeah. try and get in debts of people dragging myself into trouble. What I really really shouldn't have been doing. Mm. Um, you know, I remember one time um, getting into a bit of an argument. You know, having a bit of a fight, knocked the guy out, and I took his wallet off him. Mm. And just that, that was just to get a drink. Yeah, and thinking, wow. I remember getting home that night, just um, really, really, you know, when you feel shit about yourself, yeah. just yeah, just just remember sitting there for about. An hour and a half, just thinking, wow, just what it's come to, mm. Where, you know, just what it's come to. Where do you reckon you get your anger from? Um, don't know, don't know. Maybe it was a bit of frustration. Could have been sort of like you know, time when I was younger. Really, don't know. I'm really mm. not looked into it. You know, mm. probably something that I need to sort of have a look at in the mm. future. When was the point when you go? You know what? I'm I'm massively spying out control. I'm getting into tear ups. Like you said a minute ago, I might be going out of my league here. I'm a good football when I've got a big crew around me. I can handle myself. I'll be the front man. When was the point you're going, something's got to give right now. Something has got to stop. It was over and over again where I you know, realised that things was getting out of control with myself, the drug taking, spiralling debts. And it was just it was just like a yo-yo. You, you do all right for a bit and then you just kept dragging, getting dragged back in, back in, back in. Um, but the time... I mean, it was time, time again, but I think the time where I really realised, like, this this is it now, was um, 
2018 when my nana passed away. Um, just before it, I was having trouble with, with my, my relationship. Moved back into that is, um, and I was using Everly then. Um, and obviously I had my daughter in the back of my mind. By this time, I've, I've got another daughter as well. Mm. Um, I remember saying something to me, she said, you know, she said, I don't think I'm going to be here much longer. And I sort of like just dismissed it. But in the back of my head, I thought, you know, is, is it, you know, is, is yeah. You know, when you've got someone like that to, you know, always rely on, it's always there, but I love and what have you. And he used to sit up having a drink with my nana. I went to stay with her for about four months mm. um, before, I went, before I went back, mm. back to me, um, to me, to me then wife, mm. um, but yeah, she passed away 2018. I was um, I was there at the bedside, and that just um, a day or two after that, just someone just went inside me. I just thought, wow, this is it. You know, just felt completely lost and just drank myself, taking drugs for days. And um, my relationship broke down. Then I had nowhere to go, and I ended up squatting back in my nana's house a few weeks later pretty much homeless um, and I found myself having to, because what happened was my nana went, crawled up to bed one, you know, just before she passed away, but she went and got in the spare room, which was like my room in my bed and stayed yeah. there. Um, and then I found myself sleeping in that bed where she died. And it just, four months, four months, wow. drinking and using every day, just total craziness in the head. Trying to suppress all the emotions that are happening. Yeah, yeah. just everything. Um, and the more I've done it, the more I wanted to stop. But the more I wanted to stop, the more I was doing it. It yeah. was just like, wow. Did you have tight mates around you, Ant? They were like, hold on a minute, mate, you're spying out of control and see what's happening. Did you blow up? Were you going up to 18 um, stone? Were I'd, you a coke bloke? What was it? Yeah, well, I'd, like I said, I'd always been bit, pretty big, you know, I was um, 17 stone. Yeah. Um, but round about, let me say, my early 30s, um, stopped training, just went really, really fat, yeah. um, really out of shape. We had ballooned up to 19 stone, Did really, you? really unhealthy, yeah. Using just eating junk food, yeah. just um, really, really out of shape on alpha. Mm. Um, yeah, da dangerously on alpha. Mm. alpha. And who was around you? Did you have a best mate to go, mate? Um, do you know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been good mates with the lads from the football. Yeah. Um, I had them around me. Yeah, and pe people are always trying to warn you, but um, they, you know they can't when 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 you're in that sort of mindset in that mindset get out of my way I'm doing what I want to yeah, do well, yeah yeah I mean they can't you know they, they couldn't babysit me you know mm. they couldn't babysit me I mean we had a good I had a good set of lads at the football um you know my mate Val Jr and and Steve you know two lads that passed away Daniels and Nadia and what have you done and you know look, there's a few um and we all we've all had our troubles you know we've all had similar sort of similar sort of vices yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I just sort of, what happened was I sort of just closed off. Yeah. You just shut off, you know. No one really, I don't think really a lot of people knew where I was at the time, yeah. you know. Wasn't really answering the phone. I was just sort of like in, in a daze. It's funny, isn't it? They say like uh, uh, cocaine is meant to be like a sociable drug. It gets mm. to a point when you over tip the mark, people are just banging gear at home by themselves and it becomes mm. like the most antisocial drug. Yeah. Is that, is that what it was coming for you? For years it was like that. Yeah. It was always, you know, you'd go out and it, it was um, even even in my twenties, it had ruined the night because we'd be all right, all having a laugh, and then as soon as you have a go, poof, yeah. oh, I'm getting off, going home, yeah. and you just go home, just carry on. Like, well, what, what was the point? Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 but yeah. that's what it does. It's um, I just I don't think it's a social drug. I think it ruins a good night out. Yeah, yeah. But it's rife around the UK and around the world. It is, and yeah. it's like, you know. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here now and think, why? Why would you even take it? Just ruin your night. Yeah. Ruins a good night out. Yeah. Makes you talk shit. If you if you, you can go, manage if to talk, to, if you manage to talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, if it stays till six o'clock in the morning, then you ruin the next two, three days. Yeah. Chatting yeah. shit. Chatting shit. You don't know what date yeah. is. Just sat in someone's kitchen. You yeah. don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Madness. What's what was the point? Do you remember when it was rock bottom? Your nana, Betty, passed in 2018. You went on a bender, or more yeah. of a bender. Yeah. Spiraled more out of control for four months. What was the point you're going, this is the point, I'm either going to die or I've got to stop? Yeah, well, yeah, it was in that house. Um, you know, I was I was hearing voices, sort of like, you know, like um, background noise, could hear people talking, you know, as if it was sort of like in a vault in a pub, couldn't make out what he was saying. I'm like, I 
I'm fucking hearing things here. Um, there was, and there was a point where I remember being sat on a couch, looking at the window, you know, the blinds were shut. But I was seeing people coming and going. I was seeing, you know, for some reason I kept seeing like, these. the police kept coming, the coppers, I was having a chat with them. My auntie was in the house with me at the same time, you know, she was like, who are you talking to, you know what I mean? I was, I, and then I didn't know what was real and what wasn't for a good few days. And I was like, wow, what's going on? I was, remember, like, just hallucinating. I just thought things was there and he wasn't talking. And I, I remember, like, lying in bed, like, you know, fucking days of what's real and what's not. Like, wow, this is, you know, I, I think I'm going to, this is, this is going to be it for me here, I think. Did you ever think about taking your own life? When it, when it was like that, yeah, because um, obviously that state I was in, um, you know, I'd always had a good relationship with my kids, you know, always, you know, you know, I've loved my kids, always wanted to be around them and what have you. And I wasn't able to there, I was in no state to. Um, so there was that, um, the way I was feeling, um, and I just thought, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it, I can't go through this. Just, there was no one really, you know, like my nana, my nana always knew, she would have been there, you know, probably would have sort me around, to, you know, and it was like, you're on your own now, mate. You're, you're on your own. And mm. um, it's time to, time to fucking go up. Yeah. Um, either that or it was, I was going to end it. You know, just, you know, looking back, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to die. I just wanted that pain to stop right there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought about it. Thought about it for a, probably a good week. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just thought about, you know, just go and get a couple of bottles of vodka now, load of tablets, and just, just, just end it. Just end it, because wow. you know, I just didn't, I didn't see, any, I just didn't see anywhere, anywhere out. Didn't see anywhere out at all. What was the next steps for you then? Um, after a couple of days of sort of like debating that, um, I just thought, any, you know, it's either sink or swim, sink or swim, um, and I just googled on my phone, um, CA meeting. And just went, I just thought, you know, just got to get there, just get there now. Went in this CA meeting, you know, it was all over me, I looked rough as anything, you know, there's no life in there. Um, you know, still sweating and, you know, itching, like, you know, like a, like a real gearhead, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and it just, listening to everybody and, and the stories, I just thought, you know, you know, I can do this then. Yeah. If these can do it, there's just a little bit of hope here that I can turn things around. Could you relate to the stories when people were stood up and said, "I'm da da da"? Could you relate to things? Hundred percent. Yeah. I thought, um, I thought he was telling me my life story. I thought, yeah. Like, yeah. I thought yeah. it's me. You yeah. know, they're, they're talking about me, yeah. and it's um, <laughs> yeah, and it's like everything relate to everything. Mm. Um, and that was that was the thing that gave me the hope. You know, thinking, well, yeah, it took a bit out of everybody's story, everyone's share, um, and I think that's what the key. The key to sort of like recovery is you just you know you relate and and you realise you no know, there is there is hope yeah. there is hope there for you mm. and the key to it is just keep going back keep going back yeah I went back um, found myself a sponsor um, and it was at the at this time you know I was I was working for um, for a Sikh family up in um, up in Thameside in Manchester um, driving a truck and um, they knew what predicament it was in and they managed to get me a house to rent um, so I moved straight in. Um, and you know, the more I stayed clean and you know, I had my own space, started to see my kids again, went through the twelve steps. You done the twelve step program. The twelve step program, mate, yeah, massive yeah, respect. Yeah, cheers, don't you? Massive yeah. respect, mate. Um and yeah, and it just sort of I know they say they say you have a spiritual enlightenment when you do your steps. Yeah. Um and just yeah, I remember coming out after um after one of one of my steps from my sponsors and I just felt like the world has been lifted off my shoulders, you know. Um and the same when I got in that in that house as well. Um, I remember going to bed one the first time as well, and it was a similar sort of feeling. Went went to bed in in in, in the new house, and I got up the next day. There was no hangover. There was no craving. I just got up and just felt, wow, you know, it's like I've got a new start here. You know, this this is a, this it's got to be now. It's got to be the start now. Mm. You no, know, there's no there's going to be no going back. And this is what, 2018? 2018, yeah. And did you ever use after that? Or was it a complete stop? Um, it was a complete stop um, up until, well, done three years, just over three years. Um, and I did have a slip last year. I had a little slip last year. Yeah. 
to your three years clean from 18 to 21, uh, yeah. 2018 to 2021, yeah. you had yeah. a little slip. little slip, yeah, yeah. How long did it, so for the listeners, listeners out there who can relate to this, how long does it take to do a 12-step program? And what is the 12-step program um, 12 of step, CA, which is yeah, Cocaine CA. Anonymous? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the same, it's the same principles as Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. you know, um, 12-step program. Um, and basically, yeah, it's, um, you, you sort of like you, you turn and you turn it over. I mean, basically, w- w- when I went and just and you know I listened to him, what he said to me, he said, you know, there's no human power. You know, you've got no control over itself, and there's no human power that can make you stop. And it just went, yeah, you know, you're right. There's not, and you just sort of have to turn it over to yeah. to, to sort of like a god or a universe or wh- whatever you believe in. Yeah. You know what I mean? What um, did you believe in? Well, I've ne- I've never ever been religious, yeah. um, and I, I probably wasn't really spiritual, but. What they said to me said when when you when you are at you at your wit's end, yeah. you will believe because there's nowhere else to turn. That's right, yeah. There's nowhere else to turn. Um, so yeah, and I did I did sort of believe you know at first you know thought you know it's just an higher power. Just yeah. you know I've always believed there's, there's got to be something, um, whether it's the universe or just something something we we don't even understand. Mm. You know I don't even try and understand it. It's something beyond yeah. human comprehension in it. Which is fine. Let it yeah, be. And let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I soon realised after a few months, the, the craving had gone. Yeah, the man. craving had gone, and it was like, and strange things, strange things happened to me. Like you know, after a, a few weeks, I remember, um, I remember driving past, and it was like I was driving past an, an house where I used to go and score, and the thought kicked in. And now in the past, I've never would have been able to fight that craving. Yeah. I would have been in there, but um, I thought about it, and then all of a sudden, I just felt this feeling come over, and I felt sick. I thought. Whoa. And I just had to get home. I felt like I was going to pass out. I had to go home. And as soon as I got home and, and chilled out, the feeling went. And I was like, fucking hell, that was weird. That yeah. was what's just happened. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of like, you know, strange things like that happened. Yeah, yeah really, really strange things like that yeah, happened. Yeah, but they stick in your mind. You go, you know what? I had discipline rather than going, I can score a bag. Yeah. I had no. discipline. Well, I, I don't know whether it was discipline, that one, or some sort, or of, some sort of intervention, divine yeah. intervention, whatever you want to call it. But something, something come over me. Amazing. Yeah. Just out of those twelve-step program, is there one step that was really painful for you? Um, yeah, there's, there's a step where you sort of have to you you, you look back, you look go through your resentments. Yeah. You know, people that you've got resentments with, you go through with your sponsor, and and basically it's the problems with yourself. That's where that's where it comes from, mm. um, and you have to go and sort of make amends. So there's a lot of ex-partners and whatever you have to go make amends with, and um, you know, people that want here like my nana, you know. She 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 just see me in a mess. You know what I mean. Yeah. She never really she never gets to see me. She never got to see me sober and living a clean life. Mm. You know. Um, so yeah, they they was you know it was hard it was hard to sort of like go and you had to go and admit you're wrong. But also as well it was um, sort of empowering. You know what I mean to go and all jump up and say you know sorry sorry. You know. Mm. Do you have to go back? Because when you're straight and you do the twelve steps and that one step when you've got to go back and go. I was a knobhead then, I was violent then, I was this, or whatever it yeah. may be. When you go back and, do you have to go back and see them face to face and hold your hands up, or do you write them a letter, how does it work? Um, it, it it depends, it depends obviously. If, um, what you've got to do, you've got to make amends without causing them any harm. Or, okay. you know, if there's gonna be a bit of an altercation, might be better off just to write them a letter, yeah. or a phone call, whatever. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna go and hold your hands up, and, and it's not about sort of, Telling them where you think they was wrong, it's just give you all the your hands up. Yeah. You know, sorry for my part, sort of thing. Um, but you know, again, as soon as you've done that, a weight, another weight's yeah, lifted mate. off you. Yeah, yeah and mate. it's like the more you go through, and it's like. Phew. So basically, it must be like having a load of bungee cords, and someone's yeah. just clipping them, clipping them, clipping them, clipping them, freeing you up. Exactly. Yeah. And wow. then, and then, and then you get, you know, that's powerful, right? You get away, you free, powerful. Yeah, really powerful. I just, I just want to roll back a bit and. You mentioned the Sikh family. Yeah. I want to give one of them a shout out, but two, how come you went and spoke to them about everything? Um, I was working. For, I was working for the Sikh family, um, and I used to box as well, unlicensed, do, mm. do unlicensed boxing on and off. Obviously, I was, I was, you know, out of shape and what have you. Um, I had a job for them, you know, driving the trucks for them. They had, they had like um, a typical company, an Irish company. Um, and they, and they just looked after me, give me the house, uh, and they just showed me like. Like I loved that, you know. I didn't realize that. Wow, and it, and they did look after me. They did, yeah. you know. They really did look after me. Yeah. What did you say to them? Were you straight with them? Yeah, just like yeah. I mean, they knew when my my nana died. I mean, at first I, I did. I, I was having time off work here and there, and probably letting them down. 
you know, but fair play to them, they seemed past that, they seemed, you know, I wasn't an arsehole, you know, I was having, I was having real problems. Yeah. Massive um, respect to the Sikh, what's the Sikh family's name? Sikh Sings, Sings, yeah, Gary, Gary Singh and his family, yeah. Mate, massive respect to them for them yeah. clocking it, put you in the house, setting you up, do, for you, do your 12-step programme in that period. Yeah. Did you feel like every day you have to take every day as it comes, right? Yeah, every one day at a time. Be yeah. clean, be clean, yeah. be clean. So those three years, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel within those three years, from eighteen to twenty-one, from, um, from two thousand eighteen to, to twenty twenty-one? Um, things just, you know, it's funny when 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 you start like doing your steps and you know like, your meetings, they say you know once once you're clean and you, and you get free, you know you have a life beyond your you know your, your imagination. You know what I mean? And you, and um, and it, I didn't really to me, it was. I just wanted to be sort of like free from that craving yeah. and, and just to be able to see my kids and, and have my kids um, I remember the first night where I mean my, my lad come and stayed with me first um, and we sat there sober you know having ice cream and it was like wow didn't have much in the house and it was just like what a feeling and I remember my youngest my youngest come to stay um, and I just felt wow I, and I had them both there this night and just got really emotional yeah. thinking wow this 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 is what this is what it was for yeah. you know Never want to never want to go back to that. I know what I mean. Just remember having them on the couch watching the film. Oh mate, amazing! Um, and it was like, wow, yes. It's funny, isn't it? Like when you get off booze or you get off drugs or anything, you're actually living the present and the moment, right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe this is the first time. What you're 39 now, maybe 30, maybe 33, 34, roughly around yeah, that age. Yeah, about 35. I think 35. Was, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're living in the present. Yeah. Yeah. What a feeling. And you just you, you know you um you appreciate what's important to you. Yeah. You know. Your mind's not one. I mean, I was always there for my kids, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? There's mm. always your mind's going over. You know, you ate for a drink. You might be already under the influence. You know yeah. what I mean? So even though you are there, mm. you're not really there. Mm. So your get out over the years was to release everything on a Saturday afternoon or a Wednesday night. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Let all the anger out. Of maybe have you ever looked back on the twisted program? Maybe abandonment as a kid. Yeah. Or well, any trauma that happened there? Yeah. Maybe. Um, uh, obviously, after that last sort of like an afterthought, maybe maybe that was it. You know, like I say, not knowing where to fit in. Yeah. You know, sort of like f feeling like a bit of a loner, and then to sort of like getting into that into that football mentality yeah. and what have you. Um, I used to think I was just an attention seeker. Yeah. You know, you have to be the maddest one. You have to do the craziest things. Yeah. And was that when you were in the height of being one of the top boys up in Man City? Was it the more crazy things you'd done, the more respect you got? Well, I thought that yeah. at the time, but it probably wasn't, you know. But um, just, but yeah, they're all like, they're all like, let Ant do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know. And um, then, like I said, there was a few who was like, well, like, you know, yeah. what I mean, there was a lot of testosterone about. There's probably a lot of personal problems, and we just sort of bounced off each other, yeah, and just, just doing like the craziest things, yeah, yeah, you know. Go up. Would you be going at uh, home games tooled up? No, never went. Never went tooled up. Yeah. Um, but don't get me wrong, if you know, if we was in the pub and things come to yeah. hand, yeah, yeah, things was like, you know. Fire extinguisher, ashtray, chair. Exactly, you just need yeah. them all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've been hit with everything <laughs> one of them, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, roll on, so 2021, you've been f clean for three years. What yeah. made you relapse? Um, I'd sort of fell back on, um, I was in a relationship, so that, that sort of was split up there. A few personal problems, um, had to move again. And just sort of probably just slipped off a little bit, you know, sank back into sort of like feeling a bit lonely, a bit depressed and what have you. Um, and it was, you know, before I knew it, you know, reaching for a bottle. What, for, for a lager or for a Schultz? Uh, it started off with a lager. A couple of lagers. Ended up, it yeah, and, and it was like, it was just like, that sobriety didn't even exist. It was like, yeah. wow, it just like, Got through back in time. Nothing had changed. Nothing had changed. Still didn't want to stop. Um, so what triggered that? Something must have triggered you going right. I want my first pint. Um, it was it was probably a build up of everything. Like I say, you know, coming out of relationship and um, you know we had I had um, my daughter that I had not seen. We had a bit of a case with her and what have you. Yeah. Um, and just probably not dealing with not dealing with emotions, yeah. not dealing with anything, keeping things in. Um, and you keep things in it, yeah, so it explodes at one point, it explodes, and then yeah. you know, 
it was all it's always my go-to yeah. my always go-to is reaching for a drink yeah but that drink are you one of the are you a dry sniffer or did you leave for a drink then get on the gear um when i was when i was using Everla, yeah. um I, did, I, I went through a through a first stage where it didn't really matter what have you had a drink or not you'd what, get on it i get on it yeah wow yeah um oh, sort of yeah, just whatever was there, whatever I could get hold of. Could when you're using of. 21, when you relapse, did you just use that one time or did that go on for a while? A couple of, a few days, say two or three days. Yeah. yeah. And then how did that make you feel knowing you've um, sort of broken the three years? Yeah, cycle? well, obviously like, there, was, there was the massive come down because obviously I'd been clean yeah. and I was training like anything, you know, I wasn't even um, eating on health, you know, strict diet. Yeah. So my body, like, wow, you know, it's like a big crash, but... Um, poisoned yeah, your body it, but yeah and i felt yeah. like i'd you know let myself down and yeah. you know it's realized nothing had, nothing had changed you've not missed it and i've not missed yeah. anything not missed that feeling one bit yeah. you know after the first hour of maybe a little bit of enjoyment yeah it was just dark dark yeah. dark place again yeah yeah and that so that must have triggered you go right i relapsed never again because tell me the period when you're like, right, I want to turn into a, I want to start training now. Because you must have been 28 in. If you go off, off the booze, you're going to shed a load of weight. Yeah. And like, amazing Nick right now, so respect to you. Massive respect. Yeah, I see God. you're up training four in the morning and banging yeah. the gym and everything like that. What was, what was the period when you go, right, I need a proper goal? Um, it was it was sort of like a few small goals that sort of like led to the big one, really. Mm. As, soon as, um, as soon as I got in the house, you know, and I wasn't boozing, I needed something to sort of channel my energy into, mm. so started running again. I thought, you know, after a couple of weeks, I thought I'm going to get back into the boxing. I might give this, um, you know, the unlicensed boxing another go. Yeah. Went back to my boxing gym, and yeah, got got in, you know, pretty good shape. There was no booze or anything involved, yeah. so um, quickly found that I was, you know, a lot more able. Mm. You know, when I'm when I'm fit and healthy, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna have a few more unlicensed fights. Um, and then just really surprised myself and, and everyone how I was sort of well done yeah. when I was off the booze. Yeah. You know, got got in pretty good nick, you know, we got down to about fourteen stone. Yeah. Um So you jumped from like down from eighteen, nineteen stone down to fourteen. Down to fourteen wow. stone, yeah. Um and I was I was doing really well, yeah. And then um a few people said, you know, there was a few people turned over into journeymen from um, from the unlicensed sort of scene. So why don't you give it a go? Um, give it a go what turn pro turn pro yeah mm. so we went to the board went training up at a professional boxing gym um, Kieran Farrell he said yeah we'll take you to the board um, see how you see how your training goes over the next few months we went to the board um, and they just knocked me back just knocked me back straight away so everyone was like oh, no why did they knock you back well it was, I think it was a mixture of maybe my age me me, me experience you know I'd have no amateur experience mm. or anything that's, um, the that's the mad thing you've had no amateur experience yeah. you then become a pro boxer well they knocked me back yeah. they knocked me back so um, everyone thought oh well you know you're 35 now Yeah. whatever you know it's the end of the road um, but this was on the Sunday by the Friday I'd been into my mate's amateur gym got me um, got carded in the amateurs I said right let's go I think I was about 36 <laughs> and on the went, went for boxing amateurs you know, some of the um, some of the kids on these amateur shows, the mums and dads, the mums and dads was younger than me, mm. and, I, and I was boxing on the same show, so <laughs> it was a bit mad. But good for you, mate. Good yeah. for you. And then, then when did you turn pro? Well, it was COVID hit again, so we, I was, that was like another knockback. Mm. Um, my amateur career got cut short, um, but I carried on training. Lost uh, lost even more weight. Got really, you know, really bang on. Got. Um, I got set on on board for me, um, you know, for me, for me nutrition, nutritionist on yeah. board. Um, start, you know, started training again. Went back to the board, and this time I said, "Well, what we'll do, we'll come and give you an assessment. What mm. to come and see me spa at the gym with another pro." Done that, accepted me, and then got me got me pro license. Yes, mate. And then uh, made me pro debut at the age of thirty-seven. That's amazing. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. So what's the so when you make your pro debut now? At 30, 37, yeah. 37, what are the steps for that? Can you work your way up? What weight were you? Can you work your way up and go, you know what, I've got another two years, three years of me? Um, well, it's sort of, obviously with, with my experience, mm. I was, you know, it was always, always going to be a short career. Um, and it was, again, the experience, it was, you know, I was never going to get that far. But um, I set my goal on maybe an area title. So big build up, 
obviously uh, Manchester Evening News had a big story all over the papers and you know limelight a little bit big build up done loads of tickets you know big arena and big guy you know at the Manchester Bowlers yeah um, and then you know coming out you know we had like the likes of Crawler and what have you in the changing rooms and stuff like that um, I was like wow and then come up for my debut could hear you know my name getting chanted around you know what I mean it was like I've done about done over 200 tickets it's like a thousand people all the lights and the cameras I'm like wow for me like for my debut could hear my name being sung you know gets in and then ended up getting stopped in the first round why I got stopped got got floored got up for the count referee waved it off no I think, yeah so that was another setback <laughs> yeah so all that build up <laughs> boof, back, back down back, back down to ground yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, it was a difficult one to take, but professional boxing, yeah. you know, think of where I just come from. I think, you know, it's about dusting yourself off and getting getting back on the horse, yeah. as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Fair play. Just going back to Man City days, tell me the, tell me the story when you try to get a game abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so played Blackburn in the cup. I think Stuart Pearce was the manager at the time. They weren't doing too well. Sort of like lingering around the relegation zone, um, but we had we had a chance. What year of, roughly we took it? I think this was two thousand and seven. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, decided to take a boiler suit to the game, put it on, walking about around Blackburn and Darwin in this boiler suit and acting the goat as you do. Got in the stand and then we were two 0 down. And I just thought I'm going to get the match abandoned. So <laughs> I remember a game in the nineties, City Tottenham. You might remember it at Main Road. Um, and it was a similar sort of thing, pitch invasion. Um, trying to get the match abandoned and um, yeah I decided to do that but there was only me on the pitch so um, got chased around the pitch I went and Richard Dunn was the captain at the time went and had a little word with Richard Dunn and um, yeah I got arrested for that got chucked out the ground <laughs> <laughs> where did you run around the pitch did you run it in the away end I ran into the home end it was that in the it, it, where we was away so was oh we ran into the Blackburn end yeah well um <laughs> I could hear did you, like did, a you get, did you take a paste in, in there? Took a little bit of a kick in, yeah. But what, what happened was as I was getting chased, I just remember um, hearing the, the crowd singing, you know, like the Roger B. Brown song, you fat bastard. <laughs> um, so I remember doing the dance, doing the dance a bit. And um, as I ran to the opposite end where behind the goal there, um, just remember getting through things. So I just run and just, I just dive straight in. I like, oh, come on, let's have it. And yeah, I got a bit of a kick in and a couple come and grab me out, sort of like rescued me, <laughs> put me in the corner. Um, I was getting pelted with all sorts. Lighters and plastic bottles. Of I remember coke. that being all over the papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the paper. Well, I was in. I remember got to work the next day. So, got in work and what have you. And um, we went to the cafe for a breakfast. And I seen like one of the lads from work, and he just looked at me. <coughs> said, "You're in the paper." I said, "No way." <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Man City days, Main Road versus Etihad Stadium. For you, what's better, the Etihad or Main Road? Obviously, the football's a lot better these days. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, you couldn't, I know, couldn't beat Main Road. I'd love to go back for one more, for one more game. Yeah. Um, it was um, it was just a really old-fashioned yeah, in English football mm. ground, you know, um, all terrace streets. Yeah. Um, my side was my side was a you know it was a proper run gaff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it was it was just um, you know you had the kipaks you know and the north stand where I used to sit. Just electric, you know mm. what I mean? It was, it was close to the pitch. It was just, it was just electric. Yeah, yeah. loved it there. Yeah. Loved it. Loved everything around the ground there. Yeah. And now you brought in a load of money. What's it like being a Man City fan back in the day? A bit like West Ham back in the day. It was like we had no money. Yeah. It was hardcore. People loved it. And all of a sudden, Man City got a load of dough. What was that feeling like? Because I remember growing up, Manchester was just Man United. No one, you, you, you were like. There weren't that many Man City fans. All of a sudden, now it must be 50-50. It's probably more Man City fans up north, isn't it? Um, I think, see, living in Manchester, we we always we did have a big following, you know. Yeah. Even when we was down there, we had you know thirty thousand at Main Road. Thirty-five, I think the cap was. Yeah, thirty-five. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah. and it was a sellout most games, yeah. you know. Um, I'm even going away. We was taking three, four thousand yeah. away. So, and I think you know if um, we, we, we was a big club, you know, in in a, in a small pond, we was up. We you know we'd always been there. It just it just fell on hard times. Yeah. Um, but it must have been lovely knowing you got the rich family coming and go right all of a sudden boom 
let's chuck a load of money to this and all of a sudden you're winning everything with a quality team with quality fan base with a brand new stadium with great facilities that must be a nice feeling yeah i remember when they, when they first took over it was like you know because I, I remember i remember you know back in the younger days thinking wow you know i just i'd love us to just win yeah an fa cup something just win yeah. an fa cup you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um I remember going in a playoff. That was our only trip to Wembley in my lifetime, mm. you know, to, for the second division playoff. And mm. you know, that was that was that was great. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I always remember just thinking, just a league cup or an FA cup. Yeah. Um, so now we're in a trophy every year. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a bit mad. We used to we used to like to take the Mick out United, you know, for the tourists and what have you, and you know, think that you know you, you should always win everything. Yeah. And you know, and it's. I hate to say it, we've sort of turned into them a little bit, you yeah. know what I mean? You see the tourists there yeah. and it's what comes with success, yeah. I suppose. So we're not that, you know, we're not we're not the um the poor little neighbour anymore, yeah. do you know what I mean? We've we sort of like we've won we've won a lot of that. On the global we've, map. We've won a lot of that, yeah. yeah. We've won a lot of that and we've you know Would you yeah. take winning the lottery and how it is now versus back in the Divi one, Divi two days at Main Road? You know, it's it's a tough one that because um I've been there and I've experienced it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, them sort of days, I'll never leave me. Mm. Um, but I suppose it, it's sort of like looking back and living in the past, I yeah. suppose, isn't it? And you've got to really look to the future in yeah, life, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, and all of us go, oh, it's always better back in the day. But really, you've got to get a new stadium. You've got to get the money in. You've yeah. got to make it commercial. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. It's, um, it's like the old, um, now the older song, isn't it? Hey, Granny always said the old ones was the best, mm. you know? And, it's just it's just happy memories, yeah. happy memories. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back for one day, yeah. you know, just just for one game, Same. just for one game, go Same. to the you know in the old boozer and yeah. and get on get on that last stand. Yeah. yeah, and like you say, you'd probably be the same. Yeah, yeah, Upton Park, Upton Park. I yeah. went there last yeah, game gone. when when uh, West Ham Man United. Yeah, you know, and the game got uh, put back now, and Man United. Uh, Bus was trying to get through. Yeah, Must be hundred thousand yeah. in the streets, West Ham. Yeah. Everyone's throwing things, smashing the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best atmosphere ever. That's twenty sixteen. Yeah. Then we moved to London Stadium. It's like, mate, what's going on? Yeah, that's it. You it know? does takes. Um, I think it takes. It takes, takes a time few years. though. Yeah, to sort of like. There was a lot of anger. Yeah. I don't know if you had it. But we're going from Main Road to Etihad, but there's a lot of anger from Upton Park going to London Stadium because the fans didn't want it. Apparently, it was like there's some sort of uh, questionnaire went round. Apparently, all the fans wanted it, but. It, well, that didn't happen, mm. you know. And we got put in the stadium. We kind of got it, but it was difficult. And there was a lot of there was a lot of anger between the fans as well. It was just a lot of uh, yeah. It was, it was it was different. Yeah. Well, like I say, you say, you've been in that stadium all them years. Yeah. Seasons to get older, everyone's you know where they sit, yeah. and then you go there, and it's, it's all different and mixed new up. people. Yeah, yeah it's all mixed up. And I think these days now they just brought like they're standing back a little bit. Can't it, wait for the standing yeah. comeback. Well, we, we sit, you've got it to sit at the minute. It's just sort of like standing. How many, how many are standing there then? Just one section of it? behind the goal, yeah. Like, and the away, the away end as oh, well. But it, it's, you can tell it's added a lot to uh, to the atmosphere. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah definitely. Are there any players you look back on? Because I remember a player, I can't remember what was his name, I used to watch Man City, Kid Cladzy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable player. Is there any players, are there any three players you can remember going, right, I'm going to name you three players who are legends from City days? Definitely Kid Cladzy. Because um, obviously he was there in younger age. I mean, in fact, I remember he scored a, he scored a blinder against West Ham yeah. in a cup. Yeah, yeah. I was there at that game. Yeah. Um, for me, one of my heroes was um, Andy Morrison, um, centre back. Just because when we was at our lowest, um, he he come in and sort of galvanised the team. There was no messing. Yeah. You know, he was a big, you know, big set lad. No messing about. And um, sort of like switched it, mm. switched it round in that season when we was at our lowest. Probably, probably dragged us out of that. Mm. Dragged us out of that sort of division. Mm. Um, and the final one? Got to be Aguero. Aguero, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just for that, just for that moment. Just as for well. that moment. Yeah, night three to it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, never see that again. Never, never. And you've been uh, some. You've been on some journey, mate. Fair call. Absolutely. Going from what you've gone through to go through everything to do the twelve-step program to come out now being a pro boxer. You've got massive respect, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, massive respect. I really do appreciate you coming on. And if there's anyone out there listening to this who's going through the same thing with the coke and the and the booze, have you got any one bit of advice for them? Just get get the help. Get the help. You know, it's it's a downward spiral. You know, it's, it'll um, keep coming back. You know, and just go and get the help. It'll be the best thing that you've ever done. Um, and you know, anyone's sort of like down, depressed. 
you know, wanting to end their life, just, you know, just keep fighting another day because, you know, I look back now and if, if I did, if I did end it and then, you know, I, I got to see where my life would have gone if I just carried on fighting like I did, I could have never dreamt where I am now. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I always look back and think that's, that's just because you carried on fighting, carried yeah, on right. fighting for another day, yeah. So that's what you've got to do, just just, just get through the day, yeah, carry on, because yeah. you never know what's around that corner. Yeah, lovely. Just before we finish up, man, have you got one, any last words to say to you and Nana Betty? Just thank you for everything that you've done, you know. Um, sort of like made me the man that I am, really, you know. Um, I know what they're saying, you know, don't make them like they do, like mm. they used to. Amazing. And I've really enjoyed this, mate. Yeah, I'm Thanks for coming touch. down here, yeah, mate. No problem, um, mate been an absolute star your journey mate has been some journey and knowing the nick you're in now to what you were and where you're going in life and you've got f two or three beautiful kids as well yeah keep going yeah thanks a lot dodge you're a gentleman cheers mate good Thank man you. cheers cheers, Anne. Pal. cheers pal